<laughs> just lounging with all eight legs out. Uh-huh. Just walk and I flop on my side like yeah. a spider. Yeah. Taking it easy. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil, but first we'll talk about recently watched. We'll try not to spoil that. Uh, we thank the Moon Rays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. Good evening. And Will. Good morning. So, um, since last time, you may or may not have watched some stuff on Tubi, Will. I tried not to. I tried oh. real hard. You tried to break free from it? I tried to break free, but I could not. <laughs> Yeah. The draw was too strong. Hooray. Yeah. So what, uh, so what is your recently so watched? Recently watched. Uh, now, you would say Batman's a pretty popular character. He's been around I've for like 80 it. years. Yeah. You know? Um, so they must have done something right. You'd think so. You'd think so. But a Mexican movie from 1968 told me they messed up. Batman should have been Batwoman, mm. and she should have run around in a bikini mm. and yes. a cape and a little cape and a, ma- a cowl. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Uh, she should also be a wrestler because mm-hmm. all superheroes should be part-time wrestlers. Well, sure, you know. Um, unfortunately, she doesn't do a whole lot, and by the end of the movie, she becomes a the. Uh, damsel in distress yeah which is just it ruins the whole movie but there's a good chunk of it where you can enjoy her running around in a bikini (laughs) that's one of those films i like the poster posters better than the film what year is this movie 68 68 and it is very very 1968 uh and then i gotta break these up for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. behind the show yes stuff um oh i watched manitou because oh. you mentioned it oh and, don't blame uh, me i am i'm gonna blame you uh personally for recommending it saying it was the best girdler you had seen oh, after day of oh. the animals and grizzly <laughs> yeah my favorite one is uh the one where it's like um this is some institution with a satanist cult in the basement oh i didn't see that one yet I have to look for that one. No, this is where a evil Indian spirit, Indian Native American, uh, grows out of a woman's back, mm-hmm. and it's up to uh, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis in the tightest fucking t-shirt they could find him. Uh, it's one of those where you poke it with a pin and it would pop. I, yeah, I don't. It would. It would just. Uh, see, that's a good poster. Right? Yeah, I'm looking right at it. The the um, the Batwoman poster. The Batwoman poster, fantastic. Like, there's not a bad poster that they show for this. Yeah, no. So that's why I watched. Well, obviously, why I watched it. I'm not gonna lie. It was Batwoman in a bathing suit, running around, <laughs> fighting people, uh, which brought me to. And I believe I've seen this before, but uh, I had watched uh, Girl from Rio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Half a year ago, a year ago, uh, with uh, Shirley Eaton as mm-hmm. Sumeru. So I watched right. The Million Eyes of Sumeru. <laughs> uh, do you think her name is Susan Maru? 
Sumeru. Sumeru. Hey, I'm old college buddies with Sumeru. Um, terrible film. Uh, she's awesome. I just cut mm-hmm. out the scenes with her, and uh, it's good enough film for me. It's got good location. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got great colors. It looks good, but, uh, woo. It, the most bumbling, casual, racist, sexist uh, Frankie Avalon and some other dude bumble around. Uh, it's like if uh, James Bond just came in and like accidentally solved international mysteries. You know, he felt, you know, ass over elbow and, and stumbled into it and then worked his way out of it. I like it. Because, of course, one of Sumeru's women is going to fall for it. You're right, right. That it always happens. I don't know why they're not really into Sumeru's plan, killing all men on Earth. It sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> and delivered by Shirley Eaton, I'd go along with it mm-hmm. just because she's gorgeous. Now, on IMDb, I looked her up just to see, because I knew she was... I knew she was a James Bond girl, obviously. Um, and I knew she was in this and Girl from Rio. I didn't know what else she was in. She's in a bunch of carry-on films right. I found. Uh, but IMDb has some little caption in there, or little section in there that's like, known for trait, or trait known for masculine looking. What? <laughs> <laughs> You need your eyes checked. Mm-hmm. Not masculine at all. <laughs> so, what, what did you think of uh, the Manitou? Oh, Manitou! Uh, Manitou was uh, a neat idea, mm. but pretty badly executed. I didn't mind it uh, when it was still sort of a mystery, and we didn't know. Well, I mean, I read this synopsis i knew what was going on but before we knew what was causing this lady's uh tumor uh and uh tony curtis is running around it's pretty good um it gets a little racist here and there but you just gotta go with it because it's 1978 um and uh but then the tumor Pops and a small Indian medicine man comes out and they just shoot laser beams at one another yes. for like 45 minutes and you're just like, fucking end. Just end. I swear nothing good happens at the second half to the end. I don't even remember what happened in the end. I was so bored. It was just one on one side and the other on the other shooting finger lasers right. at each other. You know... I got enough of that in the X-Men. I need <laughs> I don't need this. Uh I'll wrap up with one more. I watched something called Star Odyssey. It's a Star Wars Italian Star Italian, Wars ripoff. Yeah. Came out in nineteen seventy-nine. Uh in nineteen eighty-two they reissued uh Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back before Return of the Jedi would be released next year. Yeah. My grandfather, who was in his 60s, I imagine, at the time, took me to the Empire Strikes Back. He had no idea what it was. I can only imagine <laughs> how confused he must have been, not knowing these characters or anything. This movie is is like that for me. <laughs> I did not know what was going on at any moment. I don't think anybody who made it knew what was going on. They were just slicing scenes in and throwing robots here and there. Uh, there's a suicidal robot before uh, Marvin. Mm. So there's two suicidal robots. So and they're a pair, and they were gonna kill each or they were gonna kill themselves because they could never experience sex together. Huh. That's an Italian robot for you. Yes. <laughs> Good for them. Um, I, I I will save some for another day. How does a robot commit suicide? They just plug uh, it. Th- uh, they went to a junkyard and like, or no, I don't remember if they say exactly how they 
committed suicide, but they end up in a junkyard and they're reactivated pretty quickly. It's not like suicide means anything. They look kind of like silver ducks. It's not a great <laughs> rip so, off of C-3PO and R2-D2. There's another R2-D2 kind of trash can vacuum cleaner robot that's got obvious human hands and dryer <laughs> hoses on the sides. Yeah, the, the silver <laughs> duck robots and that vacuum robot hate each other. They just like, you know, robot racism. <laughs> They're just like, no, that guy's, you know, he's trash because he's a X92 model or whatever. We don't talk to those. <laughs> I'm glad that ex that carried on to the robots. <laughs> uh, well, who, who wants to go next? You or me? Uh, go. Okay. I think you do. <laughs> okay. Um, for whatever reason, on uh, 2B, I decided to try to watch uh, a documentary. I'm scrolling through the documentaries, and here's one called Sticky. And I go, what is that? And it's um, a documentary about uh, masturbation, sort of. It's kind of, I, I got to say, it's, you know, it's got your candid interviews, and it's got, you know, some celebrities talking about the time they had to kind of, you know, simulate some sort of masturbation on set for whatever movie. Uh, not just cause, but you know, it was going to be in the movie. Cause some <laughs> Muppets go to Manhattan and that's the kind of thing you'd see in Manhattan. Right. They're on the subway. <laughs> that longest extended scene was cut. <laughs> but they, uh, they cover things like, you know, when Pee Wee Herman was busted in that porn theater and it was just like a big scandal. It's like, why, why is this such a big scandal? And because he was a kid's entertainer, uh, even though he wasn't originally a kid's entertainer. No, I mean, he was like an adult. Yeah. Reimagining of a kid's entertainer. Yeah. Kid's entertainer made for adults, maybe. Exactly. I mean, the people watching Pee Wee's Playhouse were people who are really high. Yeah. And well, little... before Pee Wee's Playhouse, I mean. Yeah. 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 Just the stuff he was doing was. Yeah. Really not aimed at kids. It never really mm. was. Pee-wee's Playhouse, I mean, it's arguable. I really don't think it was something he thought, oh, the kids are going to love this. I think he's like, what if my crazy character did crazy stuff? And what yeah. if they gave me money to do this on a TV show? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Big pile <laughs> of money. Thank you. Um, yeah, they talked to uh, some porn stars, some, I don't know, educators, there's all these different people and it's just like, they don't really, they don't really get to a point with this whole thing that, that, uh, tells you anything you didn't already know. Um, it's just all the confusion and it, about and, a two minute long documentary. It should have been, <laughs> but it was mainly about uh, shame and it's like, at least in America, I can say we're a really shame based culture. Yeah, and a little bit. It's a bummer. It really is because so many people do or don't do things just out of shame or embarrassment, and it's a bummer. It really is. So um, I like the tagline: "A documentary that touches us all." Uh, it's all right. It's cool. I mean, they do they do make reference to uh, uh, Regan in The Exorcist masturbating with a crucifix, and I was like. Does that really fall under the same general heading here? Or is that just, this is an occurrence of this in a movie? Well, it did kick off that whole crucifix masturbation phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ran for about two years. Followed immediately by the satanic panic. Uh-huh. Um, so many crucifixes were lost. <laughs> yeah, they were. So, um... I watch it, it. It's weird because like having all these different streaming platforms, I decided, oh, here's that fucking like I've been to a couple of two or three horror cons where the the clown from Terrifier, Art, Art the Clown is there or some other actors are there. And very recently, just a few weeks ago, I was selling my artwork at a convention and there was, you know, actors from Terrifier slash Terrifier 2. And I'm thinking, you know what? I haven't even watched that new one. The other one came out like four or five years ago. It, it was a, originally a segment in an anthology or it was a short or whatever, All, All Hallows' Eve. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get over myself and watch this movie. You know, it's like I, I felt like it was just splatter porn last time. 
Yeah, that's what you said. Like you had people confused because you were telling them to watch Terrified. <laughs> yeah, you did uh, kind of mess that one up. Argentinian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Aterrados. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Terrifier. And I know some people watch Terrifier and were probably like, "What the hell? <laughs> what the? Why did he recommend this? Does he hate us?" Well, I tried to chase down the woman I had said, "No, it's definitely Terrifier." Yeah, that's the one. And I was like, not the one with the clown, though, which I, I might be wrong. And she leaves the table. and I went, no, it's terrified. Shit. So I like left my table and I tried to find this woman in the aisle and tell her, no, 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 no. Started don't. yelling. It's terrified. It's not terrifier. <laughs> don't watch the one with the clown. Dear God, please let her watch terrified. <laughs> and all the people who are fans of the movie are like, shut up. Let her watch it. Let her become one of us. So I decided to watch Terrifier 2. Mm. Um, <laughs> Isn't story. it like three hours long? Um, yeah. It's way longer than it needs to be. Uh, like three hours it's too like, long? It's like... <laughs> it's like the director's cut of Highlander 2 is only 15 minutes long? <laughs> right. The director's like, let's get this right. Yeah. Um, this is all I put my name behind. It's 15 minutes and I was searching for that. Should we see what Google says to some of the stupidly asked questions the people also ask? This should just be a segment of our show, the people also ask section. Okay. What does Terrifier 2 mean? <laughs> is uh, is Terrifier 2 really that scary? Yes. No. The movie is Maybe. extremely gory, but it's not actually scary. There are no jump scares or anything that a typical horror movie would have. Really, the, uh, the only disturbing parts are the killing scenes because they make your stomach twist and turn. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Um, what makes Terrifier 2 so bad? Okay. Um, Terrifier 2 isn't just plagued by so- the merciless actions of Art the Clown. It's also stalked by a comically excessive runtime? You don't say. Some distractingly bad acting and storytelling choices that undercut the scarier parts of the production. Now that's something I think I could speak to right there. The storytelling... You really want it to stick to some rules. Some rules. I mean, we know Michael Myers gets shot six times and he still comes back. It doesn't make sense. He's kind of invincible. But, you know, nobody like... None of those bullets pierced anything important. They were all minor <laughs> flesh wounds. Yeah. Yeah. He just grazed he, him. Yeah. He put some calamine lotion on or some neosporin or something and he was good to go. Who says that Loomis is a good shot whatsoever? Yeah. He, he was just like... I'm he su- was so drunk at the time. He couldn't have hit him. No. Yeah, that's his point. They, they should have had a scene of Loomis at the range. Yeah. I shot the bullseye six times and everyone was like... Mm. Uh, that's he not your... my yeah. target twice. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, is Terrifier 2 as gory as the first one? No, I don't even need to that. Um, is it as good as Verotica? Is it? <laughs> hey, speaking of which, they actually have a release date for... Um, vampire. Vampire writers in the house of the... Dracula women or something. <laughs> Santos versus the vampire women, I the, believe, is oh. the title. The blood-soaked women movie. Yeah. <laughs> which is totally what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, they... Um, I think it's going to be August 18th or so. Oh, thank God. Yeah, it's soon. It's soon. Oh, man. I was talking to a woman at um, Rocky Mountain Nightmares, and uh, she's at the table, and she says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get this thing that I had signed framed, and I'm going to put it up there with all my like original like Danzig posters. And I was like, oh, you got like some silkscreen things? And she goes, yeah, a couple of things signed and all this stuff. And I was like, so then, <clears throat> tell me what you think of Verotica. She goes, oh yeah, total garbage. She goes, I loved Glenn Danzig, but I just can't. And I was like, okay, really? Uh, so, you know, and I asked a couple more questions and she said, I didn't even get to the end of the last segment of the, of the movie, which was just basically blood-covered women wandering around getting more blood covered on them. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty boring. Yeah, it was. So, uh, 
That being Somebody said, putting their sexual fantasy to film like that, it shouldn't be boring. Yeah, who do you... It should th- be uncomfortable yeah. or overly re- revealing or something, but not boring. Who do you think you are, Jess Franco? Yeah. Ed Wood? Who Ed Wood, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can dream. Yeah. She's rolling around on cashmere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is basically uh, a movie that's too long. Um, there are... Some actors who you think, okay, well, or, well, I should say some characters that it's like, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna get killed. I mean, they're they're just gonna get killed. They've done nothing wrong. They're not even in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, there's no reason that this killer should show up where they're at. Yet, he the, will. He just comes out of nowhere, acts all cutesy, and murders the shit out of them like in the most gory way possible, and then mutilates them further. I don't know who this is for. I mean, when I, in the past, have mentioned gore hounds, this is, I think, strictly for the gore hounds. Because I think you could make this character legit scary without so much gore. I think you could. Oh, yeah. Not that clowns haven't been done to death, but... Yeah, an evil clown, I can't name, but maybe 25 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um. But some, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say that the, uh, the actor, David, uh, Howard Thornton, who's playing Art the Clown does a lot of, uh, very convincing miming. He doesn't speak. Yeah. I think he probably was a mime. He looks like a they mime. found him on the street. Yeah. They're like, get in the car. We got some work for you to do. They threw an invisible rope around him and... <laughs> Dragon back. <laughs> yep. I read that women tried to get into mine, but they kept hitting a glass wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. That's a good one. So, Terrifier 2. Electric I, Boogaloo. I will give or it Or Search for Curly's Gold, which is funnier. I think the Search for Curly's Gold. That's right. Um, I will say that, you know, there was some good acting. Everything looked really good. I mean, the sets and the lighting and the camera work was all... It wasn't like, oh man, a bunch of jokers got a hold of a camera and a samurai and suit. And nobody stopped them. <laughs> nobody stopped them. <laughs> None so, of their friends stepped in and said, do you really want to do this? Yeah. We've been seeing the dailies. <laughs> and yeah. are you sure? Yes. The fan as the movie theater light works. But you can see the fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Danzig. You can see the fan. Have any of these people in the movie acted before? No, I wanted to go with non-actors. Well, unless you so count... It was real and raw. Unless you count porn. Not even budgeted porn. Studio produced. It was all amateur stuff. Biggest complaint about Terrifier 2 is that now Art the Clown has this little companion. It's this crazy girl clown version of him. Uh-oh. And she, um, she looks to be about nine. She has a side ponytail and just making a crazy face. Now, maybe this is his muse. This is what's guiding him to be so terrible and murderous. Um, but a couple of the other characters start to see her too. So what is she then? What sort of imp is she? We don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. They're like, oh shit, look at this little girl clown and then that's supposed to be only he could see that. That would make more sense. Anyway, I go on too much about this. Uh, I just won't watch it because of the three-hour runtime. No movie needs to be three hours. A horror movie especially doesn't need to be three hours. I think that said two hours, 15 minutes, but I think I saw... I saw two hours and 50 minutes. 50? Yeah, yeah look that, it up again. Yeah, that was. I think that was the, um, the uh, unrated one. Oh. Which is what I watched. Okay. In two installments. Yeah. I, I was going to make it three, but I said, you know what? I can power through. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think I, I can name a horror movie that would benefit from being almost three hours long. No, I mean... The if Shining? You, that was pretty... Would you want three hours of that? I don't think so. No, it was already over two hours. Yeah. Which was fine. It did not need to be longer. 
Uh, that was it. That's all I got. Oh, I know. Mommy 2017. <laughs> oh, Should have been yeah, three yeah, hours. Yeah. It would have cleared up a lot. A couple more airplane scenes. Oh, man. I only wish. Yeah. And also uh, Wicker Man, the mm. proper one uh, released with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Not that piece of crap that they released, you know, 50 years what, ago. What were they thinking? I don't know. They they just weren't patient enough to wait for Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. It was a Wicker Cage. It was a wick cage. Wick cage, yes. Damn. Nicker man. <laughs> so. Uh, it's just a I watched that recently, too. Just you watched it again? Yeah. Because it's, it's so bad. It's just. Oh, I can't believe it. So you went to a horror con and, and a horror shop? Yes, yes. I, I, I went to uh, install the sign at Horrid which is a horror shop here in Denver. What else? It's um, not terribly far from you. It's uh, just off of Broadway and Jewel or one of those streets. That's pretty far down. But... It's, it's far enough down you'd, you'd want to bus it, but uh, it's, um, it's a cool little shop. Yeah, the owner is really cool. She just got back from um, uh, Texas Frightmare and did a photo op with John Carpenter and got some other autographs and went to a bunch of panels and said it was pretty cool. Yeah. They had Carpenter and um, PJ souls and one of the other girls from Halloween and you know, uh, some cool stuff like that. Right. It's one of the biggest, most successful horror cons in the country. Mm -hmm. And I really want to go to it one of these years. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Julian, what about you? All right. Uh, well, I had another weekend of being, kind of caught up and and Emily being away. Excellent. Oh, you were bachelor weekend. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll go through these in alphabetical order and I'll split them up. Shall we title this Things Your Wife Doesn't Want to Watch? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just dug out everything. Oh, she won't want to watch that. She won't want to watch that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so hit the Clint Eastwood Vomiting shelf. Dog Killer 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think she wants to see that one. Yes, because she hasn't seen the first one. She wouldn't know what's going on. She'd be lost, like my grandfather, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so, uh, The Beguiled, 1971, Don Siegel. <laughs> the Beguiled? Have you seen this one? No. Um, Clint Eastwood, Geraldine Page, Elizabeth Hartman, Joanne Harris. No, I don't uh, believe I've ever seen Eastwood plays a wounded Union soldier who's taken in by a young ladies' seminary in Mississippi. Hmm. Uh, all of them know he should be handed over to rebel patrols, and as he heals, he becomes whatever each woman wants him to be. Hmm. It all ends happily. It sounds like it would. Yeah, he's he's playing them all, thinking, "Oh, I've got it, got it, you know, struck it rich here. Got his harem. They're all serving him. What could go wrong? Oh, nothing, man, nothing. I imagine it is. So he has happen. a great time, and they live happily ever after. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Castle Anthrax. <laughs> so this is a this was a box office bomb uh, when it came out in 1971, but it was the same year as Play Misty for Me and Dirty Harry, so I don't oh. think he uh, could you know, afford his rent that year. No. Um, so I, I think a story like this needs a bit of ambiguity and lyricism, but we get voiceovers and flashbacks to spell things out. Oh. It's kind of, I don't think Don Siegel is good for poetic. Do you think these were these post production uh, changes? Studio interference. Yeah. Do you think it was that, or do you think it was really just the directors that much of a dope? I don't, he, no, he's not a dope because uh, Siegel and Eastwood did terrific films together. Mm-hmm. Um, but this wasn't one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just 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 not right for the material. That's all. We uh, should put that quote in the laurel leaves. Yeah, <laughs> for the back of the box. It's kind of a, if you're in the mood for it because it's like a southern gothic. It's filmed at an actual plantation, it, and it's all um, sweaty and. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's, it's good, like slow. Yeah, slow paced, like to go with the the general with oppressive heat. And heat the, and, yeah, uh, him him being you know he's he's stuck in bed for a, quite a bit of a movie. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does get, the does get pretty nasty. The Bagool. The Bagool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that was The Beguiled. Uh, I've got that one on 
disc if you want to borrow it. So, okay. So he kills and eats a dog and then vomits it up? Is that is that why you saved this one for when your wife's gone? Well, she's not a fan of Eastwood um, you know, generally. I've gotten her to see his westerns. She doesn't mind those. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't make her watch like Dirty Harry or anything like that. Yeah, most of that stuff doesn't age well. Yeah, the first first Dirty Harry because like, they, they were trying to make uh, this horrible man. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he's, he wasn't supposed to be like well, the guy, you know, the hero. But yeah, that's what he became. He's he's an anti-hero, if anything. Yeah, yeah. He um, but he became like the model for cop heroes of the eighties. You know, he doesn't play by the rules. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole department doesn't appear to play by any rules. <laughs> no. In fact, American society at large isn't playing by any, any rules. Any rules. But yeah, I, I love the first like, was it four Dirty Harry films. Yeah, the first one's pretty good. The Deadpool sucked. Yes, I remember that one sucking. Yeah. And I don't remember the ones between it very well. Yeah, it's Magnum Force. Not Megaforce. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Crazy Nights. Not Crazy Crazy Nights. Hmm. Crazy Nights. Uh, this is Crazy Nights with a K. Uh, it's from 1944, also known as Ghost Crazy. Is that Nights with a K or mm-hmm. Crazy with a K? Uh, just Nights. Okay. Um, this is directed by William Bodine. Oh, good. If you've heard of him, you know the level of quality you're getting. Yeah. His nickname was One Shot Bodine. One Shot Bodine. Because Saves on uh, film. 1944, he made 11 films. Wow. <laughs> Man. That's nice. So that gives you some idea about how accurate that nickname is. One Shot Bodine. So this one stars Shemp Howard, oh. Billy Gilbert, and Slapsy Maxie Rosenblum. Uh, there's an old dark house comedy with a ghost and a gorilla. Oh, wow. There's a real gorilla, in quotes, uh, named Barney from Borneo, played by Art Miles, and a fake one played by Shemp. Um, my favorite line is, it, is uh, someone says, I've had a swell time and this wasn't it. Hmm. That's a so they, good had, they had a bad gorilla suit and an even worse gorilla suit. Yeah. Okay. Just so I'm clear. <laughs> and gorillas from Borneo? I don't think sure. so. Ah, won't be the last time this turns up on the list. <laughs> um, a tiger in Africa. Manhattan Baby from 1983. Lucio Fulci. I've not seen this one before. Oh, right. Have you seen this one? Manhattan no. Baby. Uh, tomb raiding in Egypt brings evil medallion back to New York City. Uh, George is blinded by ancient Egyptian lasers, then unblinded by same a little later. The Mummy 2017. Yes, it's faulty. There's lots of eye, Problems. huge close-ups and eye violence and stuff. <laughs> Excellent. So he's unblinded by Egyptian lasers a little later. Uh, his assistant is spiked through the eyes after shooting a real cobra to death. Oh. Mm. That's a low point. Yeah. Um, so George's wife, Emily isn't blinded, but one of our colleagues at Time and Life magazine in downtown New York, big professional magazine, wears Groucho glasses at the office. And he also turns up with like those glasses that like the the eyes that spring out. On the springs? Yeah. Yeah, that's professional. Um, Their daughter Susie is possessed first, then her brother Tommy. Tommy's played by Giovanni Frezza, who is Bob in House by the Cemetery. Mm. You remember that lovable, lovable Moppet? Uh-huh. Uh, his first line to Susie is calling her a lousy lesbian. Like straight a lousy off. lesbian. Is <laughs> that Susie lesbian. Maru? <laughs> um, he also whistles the main theme while playing with a Rubik's Cube. Okay. Wow. Um, the uh, Their au pair is named Jamie Lee. Good. Okay. Uh, 4G plays Dr. Foster. Nice. Uh, the score is by Fabio Frizzi. Okay. It's quite a jolly score. It doesn't really match the movie. Yeah. Um, the camera crew gets reflected in Christopher Connolly's glasses. There's so many huge eye close-ups in this movie. And like at one point when he's been blinded, he's wearing shades. Wow. It's just like, there, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't care. Um, the climax is a, a taxidermist being pecked to death by stuffed birds. That's worth watching. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I liked it most when it was making least sense, but it kept <laughs> drifting back to another retread of Americans threatened by Middle East magic. Yeah. Just made, you know, just following a, a yeah. tired plot too much. Um, Panic Beats, also from 1983, Paul Nashie. Uh, okay. Not the only film I saw this weekend, which kicks off with a posho on a horseback chasing a naked woman through the woods. <laughs> wow. Such a trope. Yeah. It's, it's Was it day for night? Staple of Euro horror. <laughs> uh, Was it a day for night shot? It almost had to be, right? It's hard yeah, to get yeah, those Yeah, I think lights. it's just an overcast day. Oh. Or in England, as they would just call it, a day. Yeah, summer. Yeah, summer. Um, Nash's character is married to a rich woman with a weak heart, so you can fill in the rest. Um, but that would be okay if it had been done with more flair. Um, even repeats plot beats and locations from other Nashy films. <laughs> well, there's that town again. Yeah. Um, Nashy and the cast are fun to watch, as always. Uh, and it looks good. Uh, the ending would make the Crypt Keeper laugh. <laughs> Go, yeah, gets a gets a lot more supernatural at the end. Uh, and then I'll finish off this this batch with uh, Ratza Sulashuf Sulashnuf. <laughs> Easy for you. It's to like say. some slang, gangland French. I'm oh. entirely unfamiliar with. Uh, this is from 1955, Henri Decoin. Um It's about a character named Henri Ferret. Played by Jean Gabin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, recruited by a drug-running gang boss to apply the lessons he learned in the States and make the operation more efficient, which involves him going up and down the chain from the smugglers and chemists to the hustlers and junkies and calling hits on those who are not following orders. The hitmen are played by Lino Ventura, who's another regular in these things, and uh, Albert Remy. Who gets to kill someone with a pickaxe? Ooh. Um, yeah, this, this is this one's pretty dark and interesting. Nineteen fifty-five. All right. Pretty brutal. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that, I'll leave it there. Wow. So, Will, you chose Husera, the yes. bone, the bone woman. I will tell you how. Tell us how that happened. I wanted a horror movie that was recent. Meaning twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. Um yeah. <clears throat> I had not heard of in any way and uh had to be available to us all, so check check. I watched a lot of little trailers. Uh I kept coming back to this one. I'm not quite sure why. I I don't know. I've watched several Mexican films lately. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I was like, oh, sure. Uh, you know, so I picked it, and sadly, it was not a winner. Oh, we've been mostly lucky with Mexican horror movies. Of exactly. Vintage. Yeah, I was like, well, we'll try this one. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. It was... What? Yeah, what fell short for you? Uh, it didn't feel like... It had any, well, it didn't have any, but it was lacking on some originality or some sort of spin on this. It felt like too many current curse movies, whether it's Smile or... Yeah, um, with body horror kind of stirred in. Yeah. Um, it, um, that was the main thing. I liked the cast. I thought it looked good. It was okay. I just, I wasn't, um, I was just bored by most of the tropes. Hmm. Um, I Like I said, I enjoyed the characters. I thought the ending was fairly interesting. Yeah. With the choice, uh, that's certainly not an ending you would have expected. No. Um, so I liked that. And, uh, you know, um it just it lacked something it lacked a little bit of i don't know originality of some way it it lacked some sort of hook that other people haven't done in recent sort of cursed movies yeah 
Jolien, did that did it feel familiar to you? Yeah, I felt it kind of laid out its text on its sleeve and plodded yeah. along to the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there weren't a lot of surprises. Yeah. Other than the ending, yeah. It could have been... Yeah, they could have surprised us two or three times in between. That would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was fully expecting there to be some sort of a ceremony or ritual to try to get rid of the problem, the curse, as it were. And, of course, um, our main character... Uh, um, Valeria. Valeria. She uh, meets up with... Uh, bunch of brujas who are just like let's do this yeah and uh they do they have a ceremony and it seems to work she goes through a little additional hell before it's really done and a little i guess hallucination scene um that that, that was all pretty familiar and you're thinking okay well it's going to be that and then there's going to be some last grab and then she she's screwed anyway but no and we are kind of jumping to the ending, but let's rewind and talk about the in-between. Uh, yeah, the um, building dread didn't really happen, did it? No. No, that, you know, yeah, it just, everything just sort of happened, but it didn't really. There were things at stake, but you didn't feel the stakes of it all. No, and... Yeah, just little, oh, of course the boyfriend doesn't believe, or her husband or whatever doesn't believe her. They never do. Just once, I want him to go, holy fuck, this may be a demon. (laughs) Let me go get my books. (laughs) And then he's like checking things. No, well, it's not a witch. We can rule that out. What did you think of it? What did you see here? What, What did you do this way? You know, and follow it through the whole movie, you know? Yeah. We we want the significant other on board. Yeah. You should believe your significant other, even if she or he sounds nuts. To a point. Yeah, I would have liked to, like, pulling in her girlfriend and if the girlfriend believed it. Yeah, or... We never got a read on that, did we? <clears throat> I wondered if the girlfriend hadn't cursed her, because we don't really learn what brought on the curse. At least I didn't feel anything specific not that it needed to be a specific person or i thought it was just her beating up herself okay i got that kind of too did she bring this curse upon herself because she's got this self-hatred going because she's she's decided for some reason this is a major thing for some reason she's thrown herself out and decided to be the person everyone around her wants yeah so she's being like this heterosexual breeder. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, you know, her husband regards her as a womb, and her, you know, her whole family regards her as just a womb for yeah. producing the next progeny. And, and uh, I don't don't know when she came to that decision. I, I missed that. Yeah. Did, did they go into that? I don't remember them ever going into that. It just seemed like, yeah, she was a real punk. I take it at, you know late teens early 20s and now that she's late 20s maybe early 30s she's settled down yeah but yeah they don't really but she you know she even the things she likes doing like making furniture she's like to say oh you better give that up yeah yeah and, and she uh, seems to be really good at it yeah oh yeah and she's and she like gives it up yeah i mean i could understand giving up like chemicals or whatnot while you're yeah pregnant maybe a, a Jigsaw and wood doesn't go together, but you could do other things. Yeah, you could design it. Yeah. Whittle bars of soap. Like you're in prison. They've, they've got money for some reason. Yeah, they didn't seem to be... Well, his... Uh, they told us later why they uh, had the apartment. Yeah, uh, her husband has... Uh, and I don't remember his name. Uh, her His mom owns the apartment. Yeah. And he pays her for it, so... Yeah. Evidently, mom has some money. Yeah, so she keeps the rent nice and low, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So at least we get that explanation. A lot of movies, they just don't tell you. It's like, oh, here's this struggling couple living in Manhattan. Yes. In a giant house right on the Thames. <laughs> How did they get yeah. there? Yeah. You know? I don't know. 
Yeah, we don't need to explain He's that. He's a janitor, and she works part-time at the coffee shop. They make by. They make do. Yeah. They get by. So, um, yeah, there were plenty of things that didn't work as mm-hmm. far as, like, believability and whatnot. But uh, I think you you made a good point you, you, between the two of you about, uh, you know, the, the ex-girlfriend and the origin of the curse and all this stuff. We never get any satisfaction on where did it come from. Did she bring it on herself? It would have been really cool if if there would have been a a uh, reveal moment at the end that you know we we see some sort of piece of something that tells us that uh, the ex girlfriend set this whole thing up. That would have been kind of satisfying. It would have been maybe a little too pat, but uh... yeah, it depends how they played it. Right. You know. Yeah, because she seemed like a good fit for our main character. Octavia. Yeah. Who had a great look. She looked so Mayan. Yeah, she was different, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, But yeah, it, it's like, they seemed like they'd be good together. Mm-hmm. Like, like why didn't, Yeah. I guess she, this is about her losing her own identity and her own direction. I mean, she says that she can't leave her family, so... They're going to kick her out if she doesn't... You know, I take it that her mom is dad. It's and now dad and her aunt live in a house, or aunt must live somewhere. But yeah, dad's alone. and uh, Yeah, so for whatever reason, she decides she has to stay and kind of give everything up. Yeah. But yeah, there's not enough there to really... I don't know, there's just... Something missing here. Something's missing, all right. It was uh, uh, about 90 minutes, not including the credits. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Um, it takes forever. It, it, it gets going fairly quickly, but it doesn't feel like anybody is really engaged in any way other than her being spooked and, and freaking out. Until well after an hour. Mm. It's like, we don't get the witches until the very end. There's no, and then it seems kind of like, I mean, she does give up something major, but. And she does say, um, well, I don't know. I don't remember how this was said, but uh, they're all looking at her like she set the crib on fire. Like, oh, you're just crazy. You're just, you know, this is just a thing. Your pregnancy's getting to you. Yeah. But she didn't do it. Didn't she? Or did she? I don't know. <laughs> it's not clear. Now I feel like I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty clear she didn't do it. But now I'm thinking we didn't see her not do it. True. So cribs are catching on fire. Crazy things are happening. Is any of this bone-breaking contortion stuff real, or is this all imagined on her part? I imagine it's all imagined, like her broken foot. Or when she bent her finger backward and we heard it break. Yeah. For the rest of the movie, it's not broken. No. So... I did like the big pile of broken people at the end, the, the broken women that were... They did a casting call for contortionists. Yeah. Who don't I mind... I thought that was a kind of interesting image to be yes. in the woods. It was creepy and fairly unsettling. I liked that. Yeah, it was like a Buto dancers or something. Or yeah. Something. It reminded me of the end of Men, sort of. And, right. You know, not that far out there, but something like, wow, I didn't expect to see that. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, we've seen, but <laughs> whole pile. Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, and again, Rotten Tomatoes is not a review website, but a review aggregator. Mm-hmm. So its aggregate arrives at an approval rating of 97% based on 37 reviews with an average rating of 7.8 out of 10. I don't know how that gets it to 97%. I don't know how they do their math. But uh, the consensus reads... A bone-chilling body horror, Husera offers genre fans a twisted take on what to expect when you're expecting. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, 
this is kind of folk horror, but not. That's it's what I was hoping that it would be kind of body a sort horror. of Mexican folk horror yeah. that we would maybe learn some sort of, you know, monster, whatever the bone woman was supposed to be that, you know, yeah, do breaks we... bones for whatever reason. If you well, apparently she um she collects enough bones to make a person. Oh, OK. And then does a ritual and they they run off into the night. You know, they're either a, a woman or a wolf. Hmm. Huh. So this is just... Um, just kind of along the lines, uh, according to the... Uh, oh, let's see who had said this. Uh, um, Manuel Betancourt called this, at times, spine-chillingly terrifying, writing that it rarely resorts to jump scares, relying instead on increasingly disturbing imagery and sound design. Betancourt concluded, A fable of modern motherhood, of calcified feminist ideas about domesticity and women's agency. Husera offers a Mexican folk-inspired spin on such horror classics as The Babadook, Hereditary, Rosemary's Babies, Rosemary's Baby, etc., the now, Babadook, you can call anything a classic now. Oh, apparently. I didn't find it as annoying as the Babadook. No, no, it wasn't annoying. I just mainly was bored. Yeah. I just didn't feel a real connection to any of the characters. I, I, I certainly was not spine-chilled. No, I was no. not. I was very glad there weren't a lot of jump scares. I think there was only one I counted. Um, but there were a couple scenes that they set up. It's like, oh, here comes a jump scare. Thankfully, didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I just, it's not enough. Mm. It's missing something. They left the sugar out of the cake or, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I like the the initial strange thing she sees when she looks out a window and her neighbor across the way is, yeah. climbs out on the balcony. And falls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a good sort of That was a good little bit, yeah. Imagery. Uh, I like the, I mean, it was overdone, I think, but there's lots of web and cage imagery. Yeah. Trapping her. Yeah, if that had been pushed back just a little bit. Film School 101. Yeah, I would have liked that more, but I did appreciate it at first. I was like, that's pretty good. They're showing her behind webs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, kind of like, we get it. Okay, we got it, got it. Um, Dog dies. Yeah, that seemed oh, unnecessary. The mm-hmm. dog did die. That did not serve the story. Like they could have the dog completely freak out and hiding underneath or behind something, and it probably would have been more effective to me rather than the dog choked itself to death on its own collar. Well, that's not cool. The dog could have been like so freaked out it tried to dig a hole in the garage floor. And it was trying to get away and it choked itself on its collar. Yeah, that's not cool. I mean, we you complain that there's no stakes, yeah. but it probably should have happened earlier in the movie. Yeah, you know, I guess. So you could build up from that. And it didn't happen on screen. I'm okay if it doesn't happen on screen. Yeah, I guess if they just mention it, that is a lot they different. They mention it, I'm, uh, yeah. It's like, okay, an imaginary dog, imaginary died. That dog that bit me once, that could have been that dog. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Whichever world she's in, like uh, with a, hanging out with the punks or the the city people or the rural people, there's always a ritual of baptism. There's always a ritual of rebirth. Yeah, she gets dunked in water or something. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I didn't find it scary at all. Um, after a really brief time, all the bone cracking stuff. I just kept thinking of those BBC sound effects records where they're just abusing vegetables in various ways. They're cracking and celery. I, could, I, I just pictured, every time I pictured the Foley department with a bunch of carrots going... I did the same thing, <laughs> yes. Oh, that sounded like a plastic cup. <laughs> yeah, That sounded like you know, celery or whatever. It yeah. didn't get to me at all. No. No. I, was, I read... Uh, a brief couple of reviews that mentioned uh, 
oh, the bone cracking. It really got to me. I was like, mm, we'll see. All right. Because I was thinking if it was really bad, I'd suggest it to Ziggy. Because <laughs> I think that's probably one of her things. Yeah. She likes finger trauma. Uh-huh. We all do, don't we? Yeah, like I rewatched uh, Phenomena this year, and, and uh, there's like the scene where he has to smash up his own hand to get out of the manacles. And it's, oh. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen that in a few movies, but it was still pretty... Uh, it still got to you back then. I like that movie. It's <laughs> the ending just makes it for me because it's so nuts. Yeah, what what going on now? You know, how OTT can you go? Yeah, it just keeps topping itself, right? <laughs> Once you get to a chimpanzee with a razor blade, you know yeah. you've made it. Right? Yeah, yeah. I I was blown away by that movie. It was great. I should probably make a PSA here for, uh, you mentioned the manacles and <clears throat> breaking the hand to get out of them. Ladies and gentlemen, um, most police handcuffs use the same exact key and you can get these keys really cheap. They sell plastic versions of them by the hundred lot. You can buy, mm. you know, like I think protesters do this. They just buy a bag of them and go hand them out at the protest. So if you get handcuffed... <coughs> I think that's why they use zip ties, and oh. also because zip ties are cheaper. They're a lot cheaper. And it, but you can break zip ties. But you can break yeah. zip ties, yeah. Yeah. You can use a nylon shoestring to cut through them. Mm-hmm. That's one way you can get out of them. But yeah, like you mentioned, impact. Like if you can slam down with the right impact, you can bust them. Just, uh, you know, don't accept it. Get out, <laughs> get out, run. Freeze means run. That's all you got to know. <laughs> um, well, d- don't run from a fat cop. That's my advice. Yeah. Because they don't bother running. They're just going to tase you they'll, or shoot they'll you. They'll just pull a they'll gun. they just shoot you, yeah. Yeah, if you're lucky, it's tasing or pepper spray. <laughs> don't run from a fat cop. As if I've cop. got lots of experience right fighting from cops. The police, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like every time I run from the fatties, they shoot me. Uh, good thing they're bad at uh, shooting. Um, so, uh, would this fit into a subgenre? There's definitely a fear of motherhood thing going on with millennials. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's fear of old women, like lots of older women horrors this century. Yeah. Yeah. What you know? I I think when a bunch of things happen in society. That make everything so inconvenient and so difficult and hard to uh, manage. Yeah, there's going to be some fear around it all of a sudden. You know, yeah, like your, your, your adolescence is over now. Yeah, got to be a parent. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah, especially when you don't have the means to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like now you're going to take care of a tiny human. Yeah. No. Can't even afford to move out your parents. Yeah. Right. It's like, Where's the kid gonna live when he grows up? Right, <laughs> grandpa and grandma. Guests all inherit the house, and then he'll live there. Yeah, we'll just do that for five hundred years. Just doing all the math on like, well, when are mom and dad gonna kick the bucket so I can get this place? Yeah. Then you got a little kid waiting for you to kick the bucket so they can inherit it. My dad was a cheesemaker, and I'll be a cheesemaker too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's terrible. Yeah, so um, fear of motherhood, um, body horror, you know, fear of pregnancy. Yes, there's a breeder song that has the line, motherhood means mental freeze. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking of that during this movie. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, luckily the movie did look good and... Uh, they gave the annoying niece and nephew a pretty short scene. Yes. They were wretched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were bad, but they seemed like like the sort of badness kids would get into just to annoy you. And Oh, yeah. It wasn't over the top. They weren't doing, you know. They were doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, no. But uh, it wasn't, you know, paint cans on strings or some Home Alone thing or some <laughs> overly impossible accident or something yeah they were pretty sure they were just gonna push her around and 
then terrible things happen coincidentally. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should do the recommends if there's nothing else. Any other? I don't think there's anything else to say. Nothing else to say about this one? No. It was just kind of there, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it Put been, that on the box. Could have been worse. Could have been worse, but it's just kind of there. Yeah. So, Will, recommend? I'm going to have to pass. No. Jolian? No, mostly because it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. That's the greatest sin you can commit It's a movie. Yeah. Well, I suppose completely un- unvisible, like if it was totally black or <laughs> like some old DHS tapes I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't really recommend this one either. Um, I'd say the saving grace for it is it was... Uh, it was made by people who could use the equipment they were using mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. edited by people who could edit a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just didn't have a lot to work with. And, uh, thankfully the movie was only 93 minutes. Yeah. So if you take the credits off, then less... of course that was one of my, my, you know, checklist that it had to go on there. But yeah, I didn't mention that. Uh, I might recommend this to, uh, young mothers. Or maybe just young people who millennia, are con- long, uh, Gen Z years who are considering possible, who are considering, you know, especially if you're bisexual and you're wondering, men or women, this might be good for you. <laughs> this movie might help push you off the fence, yeah. That or a million eyes of Sumeru, I'd get behind her of plan course. too. That answers so many questions, yeah, yeah. All right, well, for next week, I am picking Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. The Birds is Who? coming. The Birds is coming. Don't you mean Birdemic? Because that's what I watched. Oh, man. We're going to have a really fun episode next time. Yeah. All right, <laughs> listeners, we thank you for listening. Motherhood means mental freeze. <laughs>